morning across all these many happy time zones from the Hawaiian Islands and Tahiti all the way across this great land into the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south into South America, north well to the pole, right up pole, we've been heard. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Friday Night Saturday Morning Edition, I might add, of Coast to Coast AM, live on screen talk radio throughout the nighttime. Now, I bet you're curious about what's going to happen right now. As promised, in a moment, Rod Hopkins and more. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a little story. We're going to uh, leave the bureaucratic world of politics for a little while here and uh, talk about something else. Can you handle that? Is that a cheer I heard? <laughs> uh, but it was about a week and a half ago, to put this all into uh, chronological order for you, that I got a call from Bud Hopkins, uh, normally a very serene individual investigator, best-selling author of um, Intruders and Missing Time, I think probably both uh, million sellers, toppled in this, that kind of thing. So, you know, Bud is out front, investigates uh, and looks into things like Missing Time and people who have been abducted. And Bud was really upset, and uh, that's putting it mildly and said that there was a hit piece coming up on, of all things, Nova, which most people regard as a science-oriented program, devoting itself to um, educating the masses in the sciences. And Bud sent me a 10-page sort of brief on what is coming up on Nova, and I'll just read from the first page, which ought to be sort of a teaser to get going on what's about to happen. On February 27th, 1996, 27, uh, WTBH Television will present a NOVA program entitled Kidnapped by Aliens, with an apparent question mark at the end of that, which outrageously distorts the nature of the UFO abduction phenomenon. It's fair to say that as a result of this show, NOVA has abandoned its right to be thought of as either objective, balanced, or scientific. What NOVA presented in its program on the abduction phenomenon was a, quote, deliberate mangling of the truth, the polemic having absolutely nothing to do with the scientific investigation of the available data. Typically on a show filled with hostile authority figures with little or no Acquaintance with the case material, astronomer Carl Sagan essentially stated he believed all abduction accounts could be explained as delusions or hallucinations. Nova was obviously unconcerned that Dr. Sagan, whose uniformed opinion on the subject is well known, has yet to mount a serious investigation into even one abduction report. This NOVA UFO program was designed to air during Sweet Week, the period when the ratings war is at its hottest. Consequently, the producers chose to begin the show in the most sensational tabloid style imaginable with eerie music, foggy reenactments, and spooky lights suggesting that NOVA now sees itself as going head-to-head with hard copy and entertainment tonight. <laughs> that's, 
That's from the man you're about to hear about, uh, from uh, Bud Hopkins. And so that gives you some idea of the uh, degree of... Uh, well, I'll let Bud put the word to it. I don't know what he would say. A anger, uh, disappointment. Um, we'll, we'll get the readout on that in just a moment. So that's what's coming up. And with Bud, the apparent subject of a part of the NOVA examination and uh, for somebody who has been uh, in, in close contact with Bud Hopkins, and we will call him uh, by his first name only, John. Uh, my presumption is you'll hear or hear about John on the program. So all of that coming up in just a moment. And by the way, I've also got something from Gordon Michael Stallion, which we'll get on afterwards. So fairly serious uh, message for you all. That's in office. And what they're offering and the person we are going to call John. So, first of all, uh, Bud, are you there? I certainly am. All right, super. Uh, and, John, how about you? Hi, all right, I'm here. Okay, good. You're both here, then. Uh, we're in business, I think, folks. All right, Bud, um, I recall to the audience the phone call you made to me. You were pretty doggone upset that day. Yep. And I think you still are this day. What would you describe... Uh, what do you feel about Nova? Are you angry? Are you saddened? Are you... Wh wh what is it that you feel? Well, I think uh, I'm certainly angry. I'm certainly saddened. And uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm profoundly uh, shocked at the dishonesty of their presentation. Um, all right. Now, now you're going to go get them. And I want to tell the audience, Bud, as you do this, mm -hmm. uh, our network was contacted by PBS earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. By an Ellen Doctor, I guess, who is uh, some official at uh, this PBS outlet. Mm -hmm. And she said, look, we would, uh, we understand Bud's going to be on. We really want to have somebody named uh, Denise on. Uh, is she the producer? Denise Piani is the name of the producer of this uh, program. Ah, ha, ha, ha. So I thought, fine, and I want the audience to know I called you, Bud, and I said, if she wants to be on, how about it? You jumped at it, said, yes, uh, let's have her on. So... I called them back, and I said, yeah, Bud's jumping on it. He wants to come on with you. He's more than willing to come on you, with you. And then all of a sudden, uh, they began backing away. And I further want the audience to know uh, that I said, well, just call me back, and please let me know, yes or no, she's going to be on or isn't going to be on. Bud, they never even returned the call. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not surprised. They're, in a certain sense, running for cover. I don't think that they ever imagined that they would have uh, un uh, opened such a can of worms for themselves as they have. And um, John, our uh, uh, other gentleman on radio with me, uh, is uh, a man who's had UFO abduction experiences. Uh, and he uh, had been asked to go on to uh, uh, NOVA, actually, to help uh, advertise this program. And it's a program in which he is called the victim of false memories and his genuine emotion and so forth is regarded as some sort of self-delusion. Um, the, the, the shocking part of this is the fact that uh, NOVA, which, you know, tells itself as being uh, television you can trust, is act, was actually trying to deceive the very people that they had 
taken on the program, assured that they would be treated with dignity and seriousness and so forth. They were going to trick these people by asking them to, use, to uh, advertise the program without knowing in advance the content of the program that they were going to be made to look foolish on the, on the air. John will explain his emotion on that, but uh, it's, it's very intense. Well, uh, they came to you, and I know they also came to John Mack, Professor Mack. Yes. Uh, and they apparently, uh, or maybe I should ask you, did they misrepresent themselves to you? Well, they did because they said that everyone would be treated with dignity and, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, as a matter of fact, I just got a little advanced uh, advertisement of this uh, program um, or a little comment on it from U.S. News and World Reporter. This is typical of the way... Uh, the program will read by, and it, it's being read by critics, uh, it says, kidnapped by UFOs, uh, you'll be transfixed by the seeming, seeming veracity of the series of accounts of alien abduction on this episode's NOVA. And equally cop captivated by how Carl Sagan and other scientists debunk them. And then, listen to this, hallucinations, pop culture, and the therapists are among the culprits. I'm referred to as a therapist uh, throughout the program, something I don't claim to be and am not, and uh, yet uh, John Mack, who is, of course, a psychiatrist, he and I are, of course, as they would say here, among the culprits. We're actually to blame for the UFO abduction phenomenon. <laughs> In other words, your creation. Yeah. This is, uh, this is uh, of course, uh, a shoot-the-victim um, operation, uh, which means the, the victims here being the victims of UFO abduction who are being uh, put down totally by the program. And, of course, it shoots the messenger, too. Uh, if I and John Mack are regarded as the messengers. Um, why do you think they're doing this? Why are they doing it? That, that's very hard to, to know. Actually, NOVA has been a very conservative program. And, <clears throat> of course, they've been very closely tied to Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan's personal attitude towards this is that there's nothing to it. It's all hallucination and delusion, which are very, uh, you know, heavy-duty mental problems described to uh, literally thousands upon thousands of people around this country. I think I, I, I should mention that to begin with, the people who come forward to uh, talk about their best experiences to me and to have those experiences explored uh, include, so far I've dealt with probably 10 or 12 police officers, I've dealt with seven psychiatrists, uh, who are abductees. I've dealt with uh, a NASA scientist who uh, came to me for help, uh, doctors, lawyers, some very well-known people in show business, uh, political figures, people literally in all walks of life. I've, I have uh, worked with people in places like uh, uh, Brazil and Australia, England, etc., etc. Uh, it's a worldwide phenomenon, and yet very few of these people for very logical, solid reasons, are willing to go forward on a public television program and show their faces because of the risk of ridicule or the risk of problems to their uh, jobs and so forth. So um, when a very few people were willing to come forward, John being one of the brave ones who uh, was willing to, they were all assured, don't worry, Nova will treat you with great respect and you will have no, nothing to worry about. Hmm. Um, so, of course, what the message is that NOVA is sending out subliminally is 
look what happens to people who come forward. They become ridiculed and so on. So if you're out there with abduction experiences and you have, let's say, very heavy-duty credentials in the world and people would take you seriously, so don't you dare come forward because this is what's going to happen to you. I regard the program as an attempt, in a certain sense, not only to suppress evidence, but to, but to intimidate witnesses and future witnesses in these cases. Well, and it will have that kind of killing effect, won't it? Absolutely. Because, uh, because the net effect uh, you're suggesting in the program is going to be ridicule. Exactly. And uh, the basic thing is, if the program is trying to deal with the abduction phenomenon and explain it to the public, you have to actually deal with what the phenomenon is. Uh, you have to deal with all of its uh, irregularities and all of its difficulties of explanation. For instance, one of the uh, typical explanations, so-called, that the uh, program uh, puts forward, and it's been done over and over again, uh, there's a, uh, a teacher of psychology at a southern university named uh, Baker, who is now retired, and Baker announces this is all sleep paralysis. Uh, it's a sleep phenomenon, and uh, you people wake up and they are momentarily paralyzed for like a split second or two, and that's what this is all about. It's only that. Uh, well, of course, I explained to the Nova people at the beginning that we have literally thousands upon thousands of abductions that take place in the daytime. Uh, that take place when people are driving automobiles. I've had cases where a car with six people in it will suddenly be stopped in the middle of the day. The car engine dies, the people are paralyzed, and two of the people are abducted from the car, the other four are left inside, switched off, that kind of thing. I said, now that's the kind of case you have to explain. This is what I was saying to Nova to begin with. But, uh, but I've got a question now. Um, okay. Of, of the cases uh, researched, what would you guesstimate the percentage, percentage of conscious recollection uh, of these things uh, is versus that recollection dredged up from repressed memories? Uh, from uh, through hypnosis and so forth. Sure. Well, I would say that a third of all of the accounts I have are remembered without hypnosis. And that's the other issue. Uh, so uh, that, that was one of the other issues that uh, they chose to uh, use to misrepresent the phenomenon. They tried to pretend this only happens at night. It only happens to a single person one at a time. There are no such things as multiple abductions. At least that's the message subliminally that goes out. And it's always a product of hypnosis. All of those statements they knew to be false. Um, well, again, I'm going to circle back to my why. In other words... Uh, who do you think is really behind this? If, if they want to do a piece that causes people to think 25 times mm -hmm. before ever admitting anything or coming forward to a person like you or anybody else for that matter, um, why? What is it? Is the phenomenon growing in, in some evil way, do you think they perceive? Or is it dangerous to them in some way? Or why? Well, it's, that's a hard one to uh, answer. It would have been of course, very good if Nova had decided to try to defend itself rather than uh, ducking out, as you just explained that they did, um, by not appearing. <clears throat> One can guess lots of different things. Uh, I think that there is in just enormous um, resistance amongst the scientific community to allowing themselves even to think for a moment that such things can be going on. This just kind of shreds all of the givens uh, that we assume are true about the way the world and physics operate. 
the uh, I don't think it's easy to overestimate uh, how disturbing it is for anyone to, to admit that there is some other intelligence operating right as we speak this moment in our environment abducting individuals uh, putting them through uh, medical examinations reproductive experiments and so forth returning them uh, that this is actually happening to admit even that possibility is to uh, admit <laughs> that we are not in control of our own world or as somebody once said that we're not even maybe head of the uh, top of the food chain well you're tampering with primal forces exactly that of religion government uh, and so forth exactly and there's there's lots of reason to uh, want this to be hidden in the closet firmly out of sight this is really upsetting and my take on Carl Sagan who I've had dealings with I appeared with him on a television program that was exchanged letters and messages and so forth is that he is really profoundly uneasy about this material. It upsets him. And I think that uh, he's been, he's more or less the key figure on the NOVA program. Uh, if it upsets him and if it's, if it's truly, truly bothersome to uh, the scientific givens that he's uh, taught for lots and lots of years and so on, then maybe the thing is to try to kill it, to try to hide it, to try to sweep it under the carpet. And I think that's one of the motivating reasons that they've done this program. Uh, so how much do you know? Uh, I complain bitterly all the time about uh, TV, and I don't do television, but precisely because I understand what can be left on the floor and that they can come at you with a complete agenda, as they can in newspapers as well, or I suppose even radio. But television is uniquely suited to coming at you with an agenda because no matter what they do with you, they can make it look the way they want it to look uh, when it runs. Absolutely. So I don't do television uh, for that reason, but uh, I've been ambushed a couple times in my life. Is that what this is, is an ambush? Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's and, uh, and a vicious one, uh, thoroughly vicious one, because of uh, the fact that they don't even allow for a moment, even the possibility that any of these people are remembering events that actually happened. And if you were tell, if you were saying to the audience that all of these people who were uh, who seemed so rational are coming forward and talking, and they're describing their experiences as John does with great emotion, all of these people are just dead wrong. They're imagining the whole thing. When you say that about all the people on the program, I and mean, you're doing a, a really horrible disservice to those people and to their uh, their image, their reputation, and the and the communities and so forth and you're presenting absolutely no evidence uh, that this is the case they did not investigate a single solitary uh, UFO experience with any sense of any, uh, bringing in any uh, psychological testers any kind of investigators they simply shot a lot of film footage showed it to a bunch of debunkers who said oh, of course this is people this can't be uh, this is all um, uh, false memory, or this is all um, product of hypnosis, or this is all sleep paralysis or something. No reasons are ever cited. Nobody has ever questioned about it uh, on the program. I mean, none of the abductees are uh, asked questions 
about uh, how they remembered, what they remembered consciously, or anything like that. So they didn't even really try to investigate. Oh, there's no investigation done at all. And as John was explaining, one of the most important things is John volunteered. Uh, uh, he said he would do any kind of test that they wanted. Uh, he would do any psychological tests if they wanted any medical examinations, MRIs, X-rays. He would volunteer. He would volunteer that they come to his home and check out his family and his son, who was uh, actually uh, John remembered seeing his son in an abduction experience. His son has already uh, described abduction experiences. All right, uh, uh, nothing. They, they refused to investigate. Hold it right there, Bud and John, and we'll come back and we will find out. Uh, what John's story is. That's coming next. My guest is Bud Hopkins and John coming next. Peoria's Electronic Town Hall. Going strong for 10 years. Oh, going strong for 10 years. Peoria's Talk Radio. News Talk 102.3 WTAZ. And so, right, 34.95. So in other words, <laughs> you get the best radio around for the money by a country mile AM, FM, short wave. You know, the real king of the heat here. And the selected center, which will improve any radio, and together they are a killer of a combination for receiving radio. You get $10 off. This really is a sincere celebration. The radio, 224.95. The selected center, two days only. That means Saturday and Monday. Uh, tomorrow and Monday in this time zone, ten dollars off. It's the lowest price we've ever sold the selected tenor for at forty-four ninety-five. Call the Sea Train Company Saturday morning at nine a.m. or Monday morning at seven thirty. If they're not out of stock by then, at one eight hundred five two two eight eight six three. That's one eight hundred five two two eight eight six three. Now select comfort, and then back to Bud Hopkins and John. The story coming up. It's a mattress unlike any other. It has where you would expect there to be springs inside. One eight hundred and John, both uh, in New York. But I think the thing to do now is kind of turn it over to you a little bit and uh, bring us up to date on John and let John tell his story, and then we'll integrate that with what Nova's going to do. Okay, well, I, I think that uh, John could uh, start by uh, talking about how he uh, happened to uh, call me up and feel that he had UFO experiences to begin with, and then his uh, thought processes when uh, Nova uh, was asking people to come forward. So, uh, John, why don't you uh, uh, tell us about how you... How you decided that there was something strange going on in your life? Yeah, actually, uh, up until two years ago, I, I was pretty skeptical myself about the whole abduction phenomenon, although I really didn't know that much about it. I, I was very skeptical. Um, my wife uh, bought me a book. Uh, it happened to be Bud's book, Intruders. And uh, as I was reading into the book, I was getting more. I, be, I became more and more disturbed um, because in the accounts of the abductees, I was recognizing. I mean, a whole laundry list of memories and experiences that I've had in my life, and, and here it was 
in front of me in a book, you know, that my, my own personal life experiences fit this pattern, and that that pattern was connected to UFOs and aliens, and it just blew me out of the water. Uh, I think I put the book down at 3.30 in the morning and, and knocked the letter out the bud right away. And what I did was describe um, what I thought was a horrible, vivid nightmare I had had some years before. And when I mailed the letter, I didn't, first of all, I never expected to hear back from Bud. And if I did hear back from him, I fully expected him to, you know, dash off a little note saying, oh, don't worry about it, this has nothing to do with anything. Um, instead, what we ended up doing was arranging an interview. And uh, the more I talked, the more I realized how much material was there, and uh, it became very frightening for me initially. All right, John, let me stop you there and ask Bud. Bud, I know because I get hundreds of letters. I get email I can't ever answer. Right. You, you get probably many times that. And so what was it in John's letter that inspired you to, to, to write back to respond? Well, to tell you the truth, I don't remember exactly in the letter because I get so many letters. Uh, uh, because the, what happens is, is, of course, I read the letter. Uh, we sent off the form letter response. Uh, and uh, when John came in, uh, then, of course, I did an extensive interview. Mm -hmm. And many different incidents then surfaced in the interview. And it's very hard for me to sort out what came in the letter. But, um, All right, well, then the interview. What, yeah, yeah. In other words, what impressed you? Right. Well, I, the first thing... Uh, that came up, and this was not something that John was essentially involved with, it just was a, for him, almost marginal to other things, but it caught my eye. Uh, he described walking home one night um, on the streets of Brooklyn uh, from a dinner and uh, seeing this object, a very large uh, light, passing over um, overhead and being extremely intrigued and wondering what this thing was. And then not seeing the thing emerge from the other side of the building and being unclear as to exactly what had happened, and finding himself very, very, very frightened, and he didn't know why. But uh, there was a great deal of fear. He didn't know whether he ran home or what happened. But uh, I recognized right away, in cases like this, when you have when, uh, someone, and this is our listeners, to be paying particular attention here, if one has a um, uh, fairly clear-cut UFO sighting, and it doesn't seem to end in a very clear-cut way. If you remember vividly how it begins as you're watching the object, but then uh, it's unfolding and its disappearance and all that's very unclear, hmm. and you are left with a great deal of terror uh, and confusion, it may mean that you're simply not remembering consciously uh, the rest of the experience. And when John told me this, uh, he wasn't putting any particular weight to it. May I stop you and ask you, do you think that that lack of remembrance or the foggy ending to it all is a product of something that they have caused to happen to the abductee or uh, a simple protectionist mechanism uh, of the abductee? Uh, well, it's probably a little of each, uh, but I definitely think that uh, the UFO occupants uh, are able to block memory, to uh, force memory to uh, be somehow 
retained in the unconscious and not the conscious mind. But I do think that there is a, a very human um, uh, built-in device which says, I don't want to really remember this. And uh, the, the thing was, John wasn't paying too much attention to this, but when we first, uh, with that particular incident, the fact it was the first one uh, we decided to look into. And we explored it first with as much information as we could recall, and then when we did a hypnotic regression, uh, out came a pretty disturbing experience, which he can tell you about. All right. John, what did come out? Well, uh, as it turns out, you have to understand a little background on this. I'm a native New Yorker. I'm 47 years old. I'm born and raised in Manhattan. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'm a big guy. Um, I'm trained in martial arts. I am never afraid on the streets of my city. Um, no matter what time of day or night. And what was unusual, that I found a little unusual, was that after I had seen this thing, and it was pretty close up, it was only maybe 45, 40 feet away from me, um, I felt terrified. I thought something was going to leap out of the bushes or, or someone was going to mug me, and I was having all these paranoid, fearful thoughts, and I literally began running home. All right, what did you, let's back up, what did you see exactly? Okay, uh, I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a, a disc or a, what I saw was an intense light. Uh, I mean, brighter than the sun, but it didn't, doesn't, didn't hurt your eyes to look at it. About, oh God, maybe 30 feet long and 15 feet thick in the middle. A football-shaped, an intense football-shaped light. Uh, about the size of a van, you know, and close up. Or just over a rooftop across from me. Oh, over a rooftop, all right. Nevertheless, Brooklyn is a very populated area. It was late. I was coming home from a dinner party. It was about 2 in the morning, and the streets were fairly deserted. All right. Um, although, you're right. You know, it's a major metropolitan area. Somebody must have seen something, but, you know, how to connect with those individuals, I, I have no idea. Sure. Um, what came out of the uh, first session was that as I walked, as I approached my house, uh, four of these little... The little gray guys, they're about three and a half feet tall with the big black eyes, emerged from behind a hedge that surrounded the front of the, the house that I lived in at the time. Uh, I became frozen for a second. At first, what happened was a, a really intense confusion set in. I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know if they were animals. If, if, I didn't know what it was I was looking at. Sure. And then when I realized that these things weren't, in fact, animals, that they were something that I had never seen before, this panic set in that literally took my breath away. I, I was having trouble breathing. And then immediately following that is this wave of just calm and recognition. The thing that shocked me the most was the recognition. I felt like I knew these things. I, I knew these beings. I knew who they were. So you feel as though they induced this in you suddenly and removed the fear? Uh, yeah, some, there's some kind of control, uh, mind control, emotional control, maybe some kind of physical control. I don't pretend to know what the, exactly what's at work there, but there is definitely some kind of uh, mind control or something at work there. Uh, my instinct was to turn and run as fast as I could, and I just couldn't move. There you go. Uh, and then my panic just subsided completely into this really calm state 
where I was completely at ease with the situation and in fact felt like I knew these things. I, I, I think that can be attributed to the fact that they somehow wipe your memories after these experiences happen and that every time you see them it's almost like you're seeing them for the first time until that recognition sets in. Uh, there was something very familiar about it at that point. Um, was there a communication? Did they tell you what they wanted or why, why you or what was about to happen or any form of communication other than a feeling of calm? No, yes, sir. You hear, you hear them in your head. You don't, nobody talks to you, but you know what they're, you know what they're thinking or saying. Um, it's usually reassurances, uh, calming things, the way you would talk to a child who's upset, you know. Um, they say things like, uh, we're not going to harm you. Um, this isn't going to hurt. This will be. Uh, this is something we have to do. Uh, you're doing just fine. You know, like the, uh, almost like a doctor's bedside manner. <laughs> right. Uh, well, um, you know, one interesting thing that I remember from that session was uh, as they were saying those things, and John was uh, terrified and uh, earlier, and and uh, then in this sort of calm state, um, he sort of whispered. Uh, as if he was repeating what they were saying to him, and they said to him, don't worry, this is only a dream. Yes. This is only a dream. Yes. My dreams never tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, you know, just in regard to this Nova business, you know, I, I'm... Uh, I don't expect to be able to go in front of the public or in front of you and make these kind of claims without being willing to substantiate them in some way. And uh, uh, you know, just in regard to this Nova business, you know, I, I'm, uh, I don't expect to be able to go in front of the public or in front of you and make these kind of claims without being willing to substantiate them in some way. And part of the reason why I consented to do the Nova episode was because I, I very naively believed in their reputation. John, uh, John, how did Nova find out about you? Well, actually, I guess they um, they had uh, asked Bart to to offer you know some cases of people that were willing to publicly come forward. Uh, Denise Diani reviewed one of those. But with my permission, Bud called me and asked me if it was okay to show these people my regression tapes and and, and, and share my case with them. And I said, sure, fine, go ahead. But and Denise Diani reviewed my hypnotic regressions and I guess whatever other information Bud gave her verbally or showed her in writing. And I guess I think the selection was made that way. What did they ask of you? I know that you volunteered to do certain things for them, and I'd like to know what those certain things were and their reaction to those uh, efforts. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> because it was Nova, the first night that I went there that I knew uh, I had been invited to Bud's house, and the uh, staff, the producer, and the assistant producer, and someone else from Nova staff was there that evening. And I had jotted down some notes on the way because I know, I mean, I know how incredulous this all sounds, and I figured whatever kind of test they can do in order to help substantiate the claims we're making, you know, would be so much the better. Sure. And I wrote uh, on a piece of paper, the first one was I suggested a, a, psycholo a complete psychological evaluation. Um, 
Um, I figured that that would be the very best way to eliminate psychopathology as an explanation. Absolutely. You know, I could, you know, I'm willing to talk to any doctors they chose and take any kind of tests they want, you know, in order to prove my sanity. Um, I also suggested that they come to my home and interview my family members. Um, to take readings to look for magnetic anomalies or, or unusual radiation levels. I figured maybe these things leave some kind of physical trace evidence. I'm not a scientist. I don't pretend to know. But I, I, I was trying to come up with the most uh, practical kind of testing that I thought would help to prove the reality of what we're saying. You invited real investigation. Yeah, I was what, it was what I was hoping for, and uh, it turns out that there was, in fact, no investigation at all. They assembled a group of uh, so-called experts, and none of which, by the way, has ever looked into a study in an abduction case. Ever. But no. these people had analyzed me literally on the air, you know, like Fraser Crane on the basis of a two-minute video clip. They analyzed me. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. John, wait a minute. You mean these, these experts that were rendering a judgment on you never talk to you? No, sir. They never interviewed me, never tested me, never requested any material on my case from Bud Hopkins. They knew me only from a video clip they viewed. Actually, you'll see it on the segment when it airs Tuesday night. Their experts are sitting in front of a TV monitor. I'm on the monitor going through a hypnosis regression. They stop the tape, and then the uh, expert says, well, he's obviously suffering from false memory syndrome. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was a complete sham. It's the most insulting, demeaning, degrading kind of thing, treatment I've ever seen. Well, I'm you know, this really is genuinely sorry I participated. John, this is the kind of thing, Bud, that you would expect of, you know, Geraldo. Yeah, you know, the same genre kind of show, and there's a million of them up there, but not Nova. No, not Nova. And incidentally, I think it should be pointed out that Nova had the goal to say that uh, uh, later on to, you know, cover their fannies, I suppose, they said, well, uh, we offered to do tests, but uh, nobody uh, nobody came forward and Hopkins didn't present anybody. So this is, of course, after John had put it in writing that he wanted to do any kind of tests they wanted. Did you, so, uh, did you get any written response, uh, John? Yes, sir. On October 19th, I have the letter right here, and I'll read it for you. But what it is, basically, is a long list of reasons and excuses why they're not going to do any tests. Uh, that's, that's the point that I became concerned, and I said, what are these people doing here? Nobody's spoken to me. Um, they haven't done any kind of test at all. Are they just putting out a testimony like that? You know, they, I was shocked. I mean, I, like I said, I'm not a scientist, and even, you know, that didn't make any sense to me. So, Bud, uh, this, this amounts, obviously, then, to a totally agenda-driven uh, piece right from the beginning. What I'm curious about, Bud, is when did you realize what was going on? Uh, I didn't realize that until we found out that the name of the program was Abducted by Aliens, question mark. They recently changed it to Abducted by UFOs. 
but uh, they, that was the lurid title that they gave it. And we found out um, uh, Denise Diani, the producer, is a friend of my wife's, and she uh, was telling them that... Uh, is that friend or former friend? Former friend. Uh -huh. That uh, they had finished it, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, and it was all, the program was all wrapped up. Now, this was before there was any question about... Um, but, you know, I mean, that exactly what they had rejected any kind of, doing any kind of re real investigation or testing. And uh, we began to get very suspicious then, but that was back in November, actually. Uh, I honestly, uh, uh, well, I, I told the producers at the very beginning when we started this, I said, I, have, I am not naive enough to think that you're going to say at the end of the program, yes, UFO abductions are taking place. You're not going to do that. I just know that's obviously the case. Uh, but I said, I insist that you are honest enough to say at the end of the program that no matter how you try to explain these cases away and think that you may have explained some of them and so on, to be absolutely honest, you're going to have to admit that a mystery remains. Now, that seems to be a very small thing to ask. Sure. But, of course, what actually happened is they leave the impression, without any doubt, that all of this has been explained away. There is no such thing as any mystery that remains. All of UFOs are explained away. There's no such thing as a UFO. Really? And, as a matter of fact, they present a scientist who says he would love it if UFOs would land. But, in fact, he says no UFOs have ever landed or ever will land. Is that Carl Sagan? No, this is a band named uh, Horowitz. Sounds like Carl Sagan. It does sound like Carl Sagan, yes. Um, in, in fact, how much of a, a part does Sagan play in the program? Sagan plays a, a very major role. I would say he's the, uh, the uh, central spokesperson from the point, for the point of view of uh, the debunkers. And uh, he comes into the program from time to time. And I have to say, sadly, that, um, as you may know, that uh, on a personal level, he's been extremely ill and uh, is extremely ill right now. Um, evidently, it's a form of cancer, and uh, he does not look well on the program. And I, I didn't know that. I wish him uh, good health and, and a recovery. Uh, as a matter of fact, we exchanged letters about that recently, since I was uh, at one point a uh, sufferer from cancer. But uh, uh, despite that, uh, despite my sorrow for his situation, uh, I find him to be, in this program, intellectually dishonest. All right. On that note, Bud Hopkins and John in New York, hold on. We're going to break the news at the top of the hour. Well, isn't this something? You're listening to Coast to Coast AM on a Friday night now, Saturday morning, out across most all of America, save the Hawaiian Islands. I'm Art Bell. We'll be right back. Sounds like a nasty crumble. Sally Ho, across this great nation, I am Art Bell. I have guests. Bud Hopkins. And, uh, national bestsellers to include intruders, inward of intruders in missing time. An abductee. There is a Nova piece being done coming up February 27th. And you just wouldn't believe what cleared my fax machine. It's a statement. On the internet from, I believe, the producers of this program, 
And that'll kind of set it up for you, even those of you who are joining this hour in just a moment, continuing with Bud Hopkins and John. You hear this music on my show just about every night. It is Cusco. C-U-S-C-O, they're a German group, and no matter how many times you hear it, it does nothing but grow on you. It's actually incredible music, and I'd like to offer you the opportunity to have it for your own. You can get the Cusco 2000 album, plus Cusco 2002 and the best-selling Mystic Island. That's three CDs for the discount price. We brought the lens of science journalism to one of the strangest stories of our time. One of the trickiest decisions for the film has been how to deal with the alleged physical evidence surrounding abductions. Abduction proponents frequently point to such physical evidence, photographs of ground traces left by UFOs, or most commonly reports of strange scars or scoop marks on the body of an abductee. When examined more closely, so-called ground traces are usually just a commonly occurring fungus. Scars, scoop marks, appear to be quite ordinary. Likely the result from everyday injuries or traumas, but still we at NOVA were curious and open-minded. Abduction proponent Bud, Bud Hopkins, for one, claims to have more compelling evidence, even an X-ray of an alien nasal implant. In interviews and in writing, and specifically in a letter sent October 17th of 95, we offered several abduction proponents the opportunity to have NOVA hire independent scientists to examine any physical evidence from a current case. We went so far as to offer to perform an MRI or other radiological tests with the approval of a physician in cases of alleged nasal implants. We were not taken up on the offer, and it was further suggested that the aliens are too smart to let such evidence fall into our hands. One MIT physicist, a fervent proponent in alien abductions, in the process of scientific inquiry, is confirmed there is not one single independently confirmed piece of scientific evidence for alien abduction. Not one. In fact, when pressed further, most proponents themselves back off the importance of such conventional data and point instead to what they refer to as the real evidence for abductions, that is, the similarity in the stories themselves and the sincerity and emotionality with which they are told. This, then, is the true heart of the alien abduction phenomenon and the focus of our documentary. Uh, there you go, Bud. What do you say to that? Well, you just heard uh, uh, John uh, describe all of the uh, tests that he offered to undergo himself, yes. uh, which were declined, which puts the absolute lie to that uh, but, statement. Uh, would, you mind, uh, uh, would you mind if I read their response letter? No, in, in, in fact, I, I, I almost need to demand that you do that. I mean, we have a real discrepancy here. They're yeah. saying they did all this. You're saying you offered and they refused and you got it on paper. I'll tell you what, I'll fax you a copy of this letter on their letterhead signed by Denise Biani. Right. But I'm going to let me read this to you on the air if you'll allow me. Please. Uh, this letter is dated October 19th, 1995 of last year. I had uh, written uh, a letter to them complaining about their choice of title because I, I thought they were sensationalizing the topic and uh, setting a tone that didn't, you know, just didn't engender open-mindedness or seriousness. And also again in writing requesting that they do all these tests this is the response letter i got dear john 
thank you for your thoughtful facts of last week. As far as the title, so I know the problem. Okay, hold on. Hold on, everybody. Hold on a moment. We had a big tone there. I'm sorry. Uh, that's right. Uh, please uh, begin again, John. Okay. Uh, dear John, thank you for your thoughtful facts of last week. As far as the title for our NOVA program goes, titles like teasers and promo spots are designed here by individuals not associated with the production, in other words, their marketing department, with the goal of bringing viewers to our programs. Listen to the language carefully here. According to them, a more subtle title would not serve the end of igniting interest in our program and bringing the widest possible PBS audience to the subject matter. In other words, they, you know, the uh, sensational title will bring them more higher ratings. There was also another concern about this title. Susan and I, Susan is the uh, assistant producer here, mm -hmm. uh, Susan and I proposed Alien Encounters or Abducted by Aliens, and our market research department determined that many viewers misread, quote, aliens as, quote, illegal immigrants. Ah. I will certainly forward your letter and one from Bud Hopkins to our series producer and to our director of national programming. You've also asked why NOVA did not expend the resources to conduct independent scientific tests to marshal evidence for or against the literal interpretation of the abduction story. Mm -hmm. As far as your willingness to take a polygraph test, let me assure you that nowhere in our program do we suggest that you or any abductees are being deceptive or dishonest. As you know, polygraph tests cannot address external realities, but rather only the belief one has in the truth of a fact or event. As far as psychological tests go, our research has convinced us that adequate psychological tests have been undertaken by Bud Hopkins, John Mack, and from another point of view, the late Nick Spanos of Carlton University. Since nowhere in our program do we suggest any psychopathology on the part of the abductees, there was no need to undertake more tests to prove or disprove such pathology. As far as MRI or other scanning tests, now, now mind you, Art, I volunteered to expose my body to radiation so that these people could... Um, determine the presence or the lack of any foreign objects in my body. Okay, what's okay. the response I get here? As far as MRI or other scanning tests to confirm the presence of alien tracking devices goes, in principle, I would be willing to participate in such a test if a qualified, licensed, and independent physician believed there was a reasonable medical indication for the test to expose any individuals to medical procedures without medical indication seems to me irresponsible and something NOVA cannot participate in. Should you or other abductees have need of such a test, however, NOVA would be happy, now listen to the wording, NOVA would be happy to bring in an independent radiologist to observe the test and to analyze the results. In other words, if I went out and got a doctor to say that I needed these tests, and then I paid for them, they would be willing to send an expert down to observe and analyze the results. I told Denise Diani, hey, listen, I volunteered to take the test, not pay for them. Um, he, and she closes the letter by saying, I hope this addresses some of your concerns, and I thank you again for your participation in our program. Sincerely, Denise Diani, whose 
the producer of this thing. And who also apparently wrote what I just read to you. Yes. In direct yeah, which is completely contradictory. Yeah, yeah. indeed. And uh, I, I, just to go back to the issue of the physical evidence. Yes, but I explained to her that I had uh, four samples uh, from uh, a landing area in, in connection of UFO landing session with an abduction. The soil had been baked to a rock-like intensity. I hardness. I have the regular control soil from outside. I volunteered the soil to be studied by their people. I had photographs of the site taken wait, wait, over wait, a wait, wait, wait a minute, God. They say it's fungus here. Yeah, they said it's fungus without ever having looked at anything. In other words, it is fungus in the same way that an abduction recollection is a false memory for the reason that UFOs don't exist, therefore they can't land, and therefore they can't do anything to the ground, and therefore any memory of such a landing or an experience is, has to be false because they, in their uh, infinite wisdom and in their intense belief system, know that such things can't happen. They declined to look at any of the evidence I had to look at the photographs, to have the photographs studied, or to have anybody come and look at any of the wounds on any of the, of the uh, abductees or learn anything about them. They simply proclaimed them no evidence. Well, they proclaimed them to be nothing more than the everyday bumps and bruises one might expect to get. Well, I had a, uh, a woman uh, who was a... Uh, a writer for uh, a, a, a rather cheap little magazine, but a debunker, uh, looked at one of these um, slides that I had, and uh, it had uh, it has 55, I believe, perfect circles arranged in a grid-like pattern with uh, a large curving, uh, um, perfectly symmetrical uh, curve around each side, enclosing it. Uh, it's a, it's about uh, two and a half inches across. It uh, ended up uh, on this on the hip of the buttock, really, uh, high up, of a woman who had an, an abduction experience in uh, Costa Rica. And uh, this woman proclaimed it an everyday, normal kind of bruise, uh, which, as I always said, made me wonder what this woman has on her fanny while all this is... Uh, but you look at the picture. But the point is, they did, they declined to look at anything, to bring anybody around, to study the scars, to look at any of the medical records. They simply proclaimed that there is no evidence. Now, what Dr. Pritchard was talking about, and which I explained to them at the beginning, as I said, we have every single solitary type of evidence one could possibly want uh, to support the reality of these abduction experiences except one type of evidence and I said we do not have an object that could be taken into a laboratory and this is what Dr. Pritchard was talking about we do not have an object that all of science would look at and say this could not have originated on earth in other words we do not have a piece of the UFO I think the government's got them but we don't uh, we don't have an object that, that can be absolutely attested to as non-earthly in, in its origin but we have every other single solitary kind of evidence. Well, let's discuss some somewhat lesser evidence that they mention here. They say that you claim that you have x-rays showing, uh, showing an implant. Now, surely they came to you 
and said, let us have the x-rays. Yes, they did. But I did not let them have that x-ray because uh, this is a current, this is uh, a piece of evidence which is crucial. I'm certainly glad I didn't give them the x-ray too, knowing what's happened to everything else. Uh, this is uh, a case I'm working on right now that is, will be the subject of my book coming out in August. The book is called Witnessed. Uh, oh, really? The true story of the Brooklyn Bridge UFO abductions. Uh, this is an extraordinarily important piece of evidence, and it's been studied by a neurosurgeon and so forth. Uh, I did not, I have other sets of x-rays too. I did not let them have that material. I said you can have everything else but. And so, of course, uh, I mean, I don't have to give Nova everything I have. No, you don't. No. Uh, what, what, I, 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 gave them what, I gave them everything that they wanted or everything that they could have wanted except those particular x-rays. Uh, x-rays in, in several different cases. Where right, but, but, but give me a, a kind of a mental picture, if you would. If they had received those x-rays, you know the quality of the x-rays, yeah. how do you think they would have debunked them? Oh, I think they would have simply said it has to be a hoax. In other words, it has to have been faked by, by uh, the radiologist. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't think of any, there's no other way they could have said it. It's not a mistake. I mean, this is clearly a metallic object of uh, uh, a, a very precise structure. Uh, that's in the one case. In the case of a child in Europe, it's, uh, it, it, it looks rather different. It's located in the brain. Uh, it's, I have three different uh, x-rays at different points of view. I deliberately did not want them to have the x-ray material because I'm reserving that uh, for my book. I mean, I do have some rights to my own material. Well, yeah. does not uh, make it seem that I wasn't forthcoming with them. I offer them absolutely anything else in the world. That they needed to look at. But it's a simple idea of hiring a Nova spent, uh, a, an estimate that I've heard is that Nova spent something between $1 and $2 million to make mm -hmm. this program. Yes. They could have afforded to, to hire a, uh, uh, a surgeon to examine the wounds on people's, or uh, a plastic surgeon or whatever, on people's bodies and, and, um, correlate what they have found about the nature of the cut with the uh, uh, accounts that the person remembers, if it involves children, and what the parents remember about the wounds and so forth. Right, well, absolutely no investigation whatsoever. All right, well, didn't they apply some expertise to the statements that these wounds here are to be the normal, uh, everyday sort of bumps and bruises you might get? Surely they offered some expert opinion saying that. Absolutely not. They simply suppressed the evidence and declined to show it on on uh, their program. That's incredible. If I can interject for just one second, it's yes, really John. important to note that it's okay. I mean, you know, we don't mind if these people argue against the weight that that kind of physical evidence may carry, but not to mention it at all and to in fact uh, deceive the American people by telling them that there is no physical evidence. I think that's not science. I mean, not in my book. <clears throat> well, they certainly call it science here. Uh, to bring a scientific NOVA kind of investigation into this area, and then they've applied uh, none of what they, they claim. Absolutely not. If you, if you could say that I presented physical evidence to them in slide form, photograph form, 
they didn't even, uh, I mean, they simply suppressed it. They, they refused to show it and pretended it didn't exist. It might have meant something if they had shown the pictures, and as John said, they had brought in an expert, and he could have said, well, this could possibly be a such and such, or we're not sure about this. Uh, incidentally, the, the fungus issue about ground traces is uh, totally idiotic because uh, the fungus, in the, in the cases I'm referring to, the fungus doesn't do anything in terms of turning the soil to rock down below. I mean, to almost fusing it. Plus, it, it uh, tends to grow in circles, the fungus. And this was, uh, the ground was studied by uh, a, a, uh, an agricultural uh, expert who examined it and found that there was no fungus involved. Plus the fact that uh, the, one of the marks leading from the circle, which seems to uh, uh, have to do with the takeoff path of the UFO, is 48 feet long, and it's a straight path about three feet wide. And this fungus, of course, never grows in that area, which anyone could tell just by looking at the photograph. But they simply made these assumptions. We must remember that they had as a consultant Philip Class. Phil Glass? Uh, oh, Phil Glass, really. He was the consultant. I see. And they brought in uh, Baker and, and every uh, kind of hardline uh, skeptic who, who was a Psychops committee member. And uh, uh, they made absolutely no attempt to investigate, to look into any of the evidence. They suppressed evidence and they intimidated witnesses and ridiculed witnesses. And this is the shamefulness of this program. Well, then there's this, Bud. Uh, unless I miss my guess, NOVA is at least in part, though it's controversial, funded by... U.S. taxpayer dollars. It certainly is, isn't it? Uh, and uh, Rayathon and Merck. Uh, I hope for our listeners that when you watch this program, that uh, you may want to uh, write in some kind of protest to uh, uh, WGBH in Boston. Uh, we can uh, give you an address here. Uh, John, do you have uh, the Nova address handy? Yes, right here on the letterhead. Uh-huh. Uh, it's WGBH Science Unit, 125 Western Avenue. That's in Boston, Massachusetts. And the uh, zip code is 02134. If you need to tell me one more time, WGBH Science Unit, 125 Western Avenue, Boston, Massachusetts, 02134. All right, you two, hold on. We'll do one more half hour. Bud Hopkins is my guest with John, both in New York, responding to a program that's going to run, an over program, this next week. You're listening to the CBC Radio Network. If I'm informed, one's just joining us this morning. It is KLBI in Laramie, Wyoming. And we got late word of this after we were actually on the air. Manager Russ uh, Jenks, thank you. And BB there, uh, Jake Sherlock, thank you. They are 12.10 a.m. in Laramie as we continue to blanket city after city across America. Now, uh, back to uh, Bud Hopkins and John, both in New York. And Bud, I've got a fact here that says I've always thought of Carl Sagan as being a brilliant man of limited scope. He's always denied the possibility of UFO contact, even though he admits the possibility of life on other planets is very high, and I've often thought Sagan himself might be an alien. Seriously, could this NOVA program be disinformation created because of the very real alien autopsy films, which has the whole world abuzz? Well, of course, I suppose anything's possible. I'd rather not speculate on that because I have my 
doubts about the uh, validity of the alien autopsy film itself. But uh, there's a very important thing I want to bring up here. Uh, I understand that uh, what you were reading was a statement that came in on the facts from NOVA. Is that correct? Well, physical evidence? Yeah, it's from NOVA, and it came from the Internet. It didn't come directly from NOVA, but from a a listener. Uh, Because what's extremely interesting is, uh, of course, uh, this being a science program, they make absolute assertions there, right, about oh, yeah. the um, uh, ground traces yeah. and uh, physical marks. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the evidence that they present that supports their uh, decision to, that, uh, their description of this? What evidence do they present that uh, these are uh, uh, everyday bruises and so forth? Well, that was my question. No, certainly not. Uh, not in this description, which is entitled "A Letter from the Producer." No, not not any at all. Uh, Nova just uh, calculates that these are the following. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, they are simply assert- asserting an opinion and doing absolutely no scientific research whatsoever. Yes, correct. All right, uh, let's cover one sensitive subject, uh, Bud, so we can get it out of the way. I, I know another person covered, and a person who's been victim himself of um, what I consider to be just an outright fraud, really. Uh, Professor John Mack. They're surely going to go after John Mack. And John I'm Mack has been attacked of, of viciously on the program. Yes. Now, John Mack, the, the issue is the Donna Bassett affair with a woman uh, said that she pretended to be um, yes. uh, under hypnosis and made up a story about uh, Chris Jeff and uh, Kennedy and so forth. Yes. Um, that is, uh, of course, a problem. Uh, John was uh, 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 too uncritical, I, I believe, in, in fighting that at the time, or doubting it, or arguing it with it. <clears throat> and that, of course, gave rise to the idea that she had fooled him and so forth. Um, I don't want to get into this because I think really you should have John on to explain his situation and defend himself. I've had two or three conversations with John in the past uh, 24 hours. Uh, he is absolutely irate uh, about uh, the way he's been handled and um, the things that have been said about him by Donna Bassett, who has said some extraordinary things to me about John. For instance, she has said that he is a uh, CIA agent who has devoted uh, a lot of his time to mind control experiments. Oh, really? Is of course ex- absurd, um, and uh, and many other statements of the same sort. Uh, I would say that Donna Bass's credibility is uh, a very dubious quantity here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does not let uh, John off the hook, though, of having uh, been perhaps less careful than he could have been in handling that. But uh, this is a new field, a new area of study. John was um, uh, a very open and caring man, and uh, he, he trusted her. And it turns out he shouldn't have. Well, Bud, I, I guess I would ask you what cautions, uh, when you've got somebody like John, who we've got with us yeah. uh, this morning, what cautions do you uh, inject as you conduct an investigation that would catch something like John Miss? He was fairly new at it. Right. Yes, I got, of course, one of the, one of the uh, parts. And he's a, he's a good-hearted man, uh, and he had no reason to... Uh, uh, feel 
which he was tricking him. It's, it's a highly complex story, and so I say it's much better uh, that you be discussing it with John and John. Well, uh, I'll do that. Than I. But the point is, uh, in terms of built-in um, methods, uh, it isn't that there isn't any of us who couldn't probably be fooled by some sort of uh, very careful researcher who is an excellent actor and so forth. Uh, in some way or other, uh, just as uh, you could be fooled, uh, Nova could be fooled, or anybody could be fooled. Sure. Uh, but the point is, I have uh, ways in which I can test, especially under hypnosis, uh, people, uh, which I would rather not go into because it's important that I keep this, this material uh, secret. Yeah, there are testing methods which have many times, or not many times, but quite often, uh, have exposed somebody who is, in fact, confabulating. Well, as you pointed out, John is certainly good-hearted, and uh, I'm sure he feels like he's been struck on the head by lightning here. In your opinion, uh, will this further, could this endanger his academic standing, or is that now fairly well settled, despite what Nova may do? Oh, no, I, I think that Nova is uh, attempting to, uh, really, to... Don't, don't forget, the, the, um, the basic uh, evils that they present on the program uh, are myself and John Mack. I mean, we are the ones who have brought this all about. We are the ones who have put this in the heads of totally innocent people. <laughs> and uh, in effect, it, 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 uh, uh, what, it, what really emerges is that there are two classes of people they're dealing with, charlatans, that's John Mack and myself, and uh, uh, mentally ill people, which are the abductees. That would be you, John. Yeah, it would be John. That's exactly the, the, the way it boils down uh, if you read uh, carefully the implications of this. Obviously, nothing is stated that boldly, but that's exactly the tone of this, uh, of this really, uh, I think, the totally dishonest program. Johnny, well, I they're, out to they're out to harm John as, as, as deeply and, and wound him as harshly as they possibly can and to do the same to me and to do the same, of course, to the abductees. So, in a sense, John's mistake uh, is going to be mixed in uh, in a careful blend with Bud Hopkins. Yes, actually, the program ends with John's mistake as if uh, this is the final proof that there's nothing to this. Uh, with regard to the mental illness, John, yes. Uh, how would you respond to that? I mean, you did offer to go to a psychiatrist, uh, did you not? Yes, I did, and uh, they never... Uh, you'd think that a science program investigating something as odd and unusual as alien abduction would snap up an offer like that. Um, any, history, any history, John, of mental illness? No, sir. I, I, to tell you this, I'm a 47-year-old man. I ha I have, I've been married for 27 years. I've raised uh, two beautiful children to adulthood. My daughter is 23. She just recently made me a granddad. Uh, my son is 21. I've, um, I've made, earned a living as a graphic artist most of my adult life. I'm a homeowner. Um, I've lived my life in an almost uh, aggressively normal way. The only unusual thing going on in my life has to do with these alien encounters. Other than that, uh, you couldn't tell me apart from John Dokes on the street. <laughs> All right, you two, listen. Uh, we've only got a few moments left, but I want to let a couple of people ask questions. Welcome to the Rockies. You're on the air with Bud Hopkins and John. Where are you, please? Uh, yes, I'm in Scottsdale. Arizona. All right. Arizona. We love you down here, Art. Thank you. And uh, appreciate your program. Uh, uh, Mr. Hopkins, mm -hmm. I'm... 
reading the book Abduction by Debbie Jordan and Kathy Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And it's a great comfort to me. I had an experience in 1966 when I was 12 years old. And um, I had a, a witness with me, my grandmother. And uh, around 1980, I had the misfortune of... Uh, Talking with Dr. Philip Class. And uh, you, you've uh, given him a motion. He, he's not a doctor. I'm he's simply a, 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 a print journalist with no expertise. All right. Well, very well. And um, with a big agenda, I would like to add to that interview. And what was your conversation? He me. This is on a, a talk radio program in the Bay Area, San Francisco. And... Um, he reassured me that um, it was a weather balloon that I saw. Of course, I was greatly relieved at that point. He answered all my questions, everything I wanted to know about this incident. And uh, I matured and did some reading and realized that there was no way that this was a weather balloon that I saw. And uh, as I... Uh, uh, actually, my grandmother recalled we weren't able to move, and there was missing time. And uh, well, weather balloons tend to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, thank you very much, ma'am. Uh, but I want to ask you this: in America or in the world, uh, what is the best um, evidence or compilation of numbers? How many people uh, have had or claim to have had experiences? Uh, well, we don't really know. Uh, there's never been a really careful compilation of everyone's case material. Uh, but um, in terms of the Roper survey, which uh, I was involved with with uh, Dr. David Jacobs and others, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. John Mack was involved in it too, uh, by asking carefully worded questions and not mentioning abduction, but mentioning the kinds of symptoms that uh, abductees commonly report, uh, we came out with a very staggeringly high figure of perhaps as many as one in 50 Americans reporting experiences, strange, odd personal experiences, such as periods of missing time with no explanation, etc., that uh, are the kinds of things abductees report. So we have no absolute accurate measurement, of course, but it, the numbers are staggeringly high. All right. Uh, quickly, East of the Rockies, you're on here with Bud Hopkins and John in New York. Uh, good morning, Art. Tim in Denver. Yes, sir. Uh, a couple questions. Uh, first of all, to Bud and John, uh, have both of you seen the show in its entirety? Is it going to be shown on the uh, yes. Good question. Yes. You all do have. We, we, we saw it over, well over a week ago. Not uh, because they sent us any, but copy. The but back door, actually. Right. I have a friend in the media who secured a copy and was concerned enough to get us an advanced copy because uh, I don't know if Bud did, but I requested uh, an advanced copy on a couple of occasions and they told me that none was available. <laughs> I see. And to John, I'm really intrigued. I, I've never experienced anything like, like what you've gone through. However, I uh, don't doubt it in any way. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people have experienced this, but how... Personally, how does your family deal with that? How do you deal with with your friends? I mean, is it, is it a topic of discussion on a on a relatively normal basis or, uh, in your life, or is it something that it was, it was hard for you to come out with? And, and I'll just come here. Thanks, Art. Yes, sure. It's, I would imagine it's the same kind of a thing for a rape victim to come forward or, you know, yeah. something similar. That's the only thing I could compare it to. And as far as uh, dealing with friends and family, 
coming forward publicly kind of put an end to my choice to as to who I talked to or told about it or who I didn't. Um, I'm kind of out there now. I have nothing to hide. I use my real name. I don't hide behind dots or anything. Um, you, you appeared um, without a uh, screen or anything on Nova Jones? No, sir. I, I mean, although I was born and raised in the city, my parents are both country folks, and one thing that they taught me from the day I was born was about the importance of honesty and telling the truth, and that's all I'm trying to do. So there was no screen up there. They didn't hide the... Uh, your face or disguise your identity. No, sir, and I use my real name. Uh, that's a very brave thing to do under the circumstances. It's, it's, it's a very brave thing, and of course, the, the, one of the issues is that uh, many, many people who would have given, of course, tremendous uh, evidence based on the fact that they would be highly credentialed, such as a psychiatrist or a police officer, are, of course, the people who would not come forward on the program because the uh, producers insisted that everyone had to show their face in camera, otherwise they would not be... Um, they would not be considered for the program. Well, back to, back to Close Encounters, do you want to report to UFO? No, I don't want to report one of those. Yes, exactly. So after this program, I think there's going to be more people of all kinds of cuts saying, no, I don't want to report one of those. And, and is that the most probable agenda, do you suppose, uh, Bud? Well, I think that there's a double agenda for the program. One is to suppress evidence all over the place and misrepresent the nature of the phenomenon, so it seems like a silly thing that can be easily explained away, rather than the deeply complex uh, phenomenon that really is with all of its pending, uh, pending supportive evidence. All of that has been totally misrepresented and in the most uh, scientifically dishonest, uh, unethical way possible. And, of course, the corollary is to discourage credentialed people in the scientific areas from ever coming forward and talking about their own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's look at the possible, polit uh, possible political agenda here. Uh, traditionally, PBS has been funded through donation and uh, by taxpayer dollars. Now, exactly. their budget has been under some pressure, to put it mildly, and I wonder if they are under pressure to produce ratings to justify their existence. I think that might be highly possible, and I uh, caution everyone listening uh, when they are next asked to... Uh, uh, support public broadcasting uh, to understand that uh, because we are asked on these programs all the time to, to help fund them and of course I have enormous respect for public broadcasting but when such a travesty uh, of a scientific program is foisted upon the American people on such a crucial issue uh, is this something that we should wholeheartedly support? I'm not so sure. And you feel the same way, John? Yes, sir. Uh, I take it your disappointment. When did you begin to realize, John? When did you begin to realize what this was going to be? Uh, about uh, three months after the uh, initial taping, which would make it uh, May or June of last year, uh, they called me to recruit me to, uh, to, you know, they asked me for permission to, to do a photo session to, in order to create promotional materials and packaging for the media. Um, they uh, recruited me at that time to uh, help promote the program. Uh, I think what they had in mind at the time 
was to get me on the air with Denise Diani, and I would be the mindless idiot that would talk about little gray men and flying saucers, and uh, and Denise would be the authority figure uh, representing uh, Nova and the scientific community. And um, thank God, because I have some friends in the media that were concerned enough to send me an advance copy, um, we're able to utilize this time to get our, our side of the story across. With uh, everybody who, who uh, watches the program should bear in mind what they have heard this morning from the both of you as they watch that program. I, mean, I, would, I would hope so. It's either science or it's not science. Uh, it's either science or it's opinion. And I always thought Nova was in the science business. So, I, guess, uh, I guess until now. Right, before we go off the air, I really want to thank you on the air for uh, giving us an opportunity to tell our side. It's a heck of a lot more than Nova did. Well, I want to give you two the opportunity to once again uh, give out the address uh, where people can write in protest of what's about to happen. Okay, that's um, WGBH Science Unit. 125 Western Avenue, that's Boston, Massachusetts, and the zip code is 02134. And I guess all you both would ask is that the, uh, uh, the people who have heard this program and then will view the NOVA program render an honest opinion uh, to them. One way or the other, Ron. Well, I want to thank you both for being on and... Um, uh, Bud, uh, you've got a book coming out called Witness. When is that going to be out? That will be out in August. Uh, Witness, the uh, true story of the Brooklyn Bridge UFO abductions. So everybody can look for that probably on book stands everywhere. And uh, as Nova said, it will give rise to more false memories. <laughs> uh, trying to do a little number on the book even in advance. Uh, remember when you watch the Nova program, watch for... The physical evidence that is not there, watch for the references to uh, cases that have nothing to do with hypnosis, which are not there. Conscious memory, but yes, exactly. Watch for uh, their references to abductions that take place in the daytime, because that's not there either. They managed to uh, suppress all of this material and, and more, giving totally false impressions. It takes hours to... Uh, to uh, uncover and and to, on, and display the turnover every rock on this program. All right, look, so, you, you both have had a chance to see the show we haven't yet seen. In a word, yeah. how would you describe that show? Giving totally false impressions. It takes hours to uh, to uh, uncover and and to on, and display the turnover every rock on this program. All right, look, so, you, you both have had a chance to see the show we haven't yet seen. In a word, yeah. how would you describe that show? Why do you give your word? Oh, my word. Uh, how about Sam? All right, bud. I would just say totally dishonest. Uh, good enough. I want to thank you both uh, for both being honest and uh, being here at what must be nearly 4 o'clock in the morning, just about 4 o'clock in the morning in New York. So thank you, Art. Thank you, folks. We appreciate this, Art. From the high desert, good night to you, Bud Hopkins and John. And there it is, with a preview of what's coming up on Nova, question mark, next week. I'm Art Bell. There's more. It's Friday night, Saturday morning. Stay right where you are. Uh, you can you can try it for, for essentially free for 90 days. Call 1-800-4060-GMX. Yeah, you buy it up front, buddy. New York.